Welcome back to the Let's Argue podcast, brought to you by HHWR Builders, centered around college football and much, much more. Here are your hosts, Jason Cody Morris, Zeke Shivers, and Jackson Beckham. Gentlemen, it's time to argue. All right. All right, welcome back to another Let's Argue podcast. It seems like it's been forever since we've recorded a podcast. We've missed some championship games, a lot of coaching vacancies, and Heisman talk. We're going to catch up all on it. But, Zeke, seems like it's been a while. Yeah, man. it's uh, I've missed it, and I kept looking forward every night to, you know, see when we would record. But, you know, it's partially my fault since I've been so out of town. So I apologize for that, but I'm glad to be on here and be back with you guys. Davis, you've been on the show before. You were you did it with us in person with the equipment. Tonight we're doing it virtually. Um, you're back on the show. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, I thought I was going to be banned after last time, but excited to be on. We're we thought about it. Us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a deep discussion. We created a uh, you know a group chat and we had to make a decision, and uh, it was a two to one vote. Yeah, that's fair. Who's the one? <laughs> uh, I just made that up. Uh, I, I'm just going to go with Jackson being the one vote. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, let's jump right into it. We missed a big weekend of um, championship games, and really the first game will just go in order. Um, on Friday night, we knew that USC would be out of the playoffs after Utah wins 47-24. to Dude, did any of us call that game? No, I definitely said Southern Cal. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I said Southern Cal also. Let's see, I'll pull it up right now. I want to know my record from last time. I feel yeah, like it was yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, because we should compare how we did because I did not do good. Let's see. Zeke called the Utah-USC game. I thought I did. I told wow. you, Davis. Wow. And me and Davis went with USC. So did Jackson Beckham. Let's go. I'm going to have to – Did I, I think it would be that – Did I think it would be a 23-point win? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you knew that wasn't coming. <laughs> Yeah, Utah, two years in a row, just destroying the Pac-12's hopes for a playoff team. They did it last year with Oregon, doing it this year with USC. Man, all Utah needs to do is stop losing to Florida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, guys, if you think about it, this game right here, it did a lot for Utah. They beat the same team twice, um, even though USC was still sort of in the talks um, come Selection Sunday. But Utah went to work, and they had, they came out on a mission – and USC just wasn't ready for it. I actually well, think they, they came out a little flat. I think yeah, USC me got up pretty big, didn't they? Me too. Yeah. Um, but Utah, it's Utah in the second half is where they came live. You know, outscoring USC thirty to seven in the second half. It was a slow start, yes, but I don't think Caleb Williams and company were ready to face that Utah team. I think they were really prepared for the Utah team they played on the road. <laughs> And this was a totally different Utes team. Yeah, I mean the Utes team—they just—they played so well-rounded. I mean, their quarterback—he—he—he he, he, he ran the ball well. He also, you know, threw the ball well. Utah just played a very well, a well-rounded game, and that's something that USC did not do, especially in the second half. Yeah, they're playing Kansas State right now. Like they look like a playoff team at the moment. Like, you can't sit here and tell me that they don't look better than TCU or Ohio State, but they're just peaking at the wrong time. Correct. And as in that, you was talking about Utah being a playoff team peaking at the wrong time? Right, yes. yes. I mean, you have an argument. Two losses, 
they hurt them, of course. Actually, they have three, they have losses. three losses. Yeah, yeah. they're a three loss team, and one of them being Florida. So the, the three losses hurt them. But yeah, you're right. They did peak at the wrong time, and losing to Florida game one is really what hurt them the most. Um, the next game we'll talk about was the next one, the first one on the Saturday. Um, watching it, what a game Max Duggan put on a show. But K State comes out on top, an overtime thriller. K State thirty-one, TCU twenty-eight. Yeah, a couple takeaways from this game. First and foremost, I mean, just the last drive alone by Max Duggan in the fourth quarter. That is the definition of putting your team on your back and carrying you. Into, I mean, not into victory because obviously I'm just into <laughs> into the darkness or whatever you want to say. He just he put them on his shoulders and just absolutely controlled that last put that last um that last series for them. And I looked at uh I looked at my dad. That's a Heisman caliber quarterback right there doing what Max Duggan did. You know, barely being able to breathe because he just ran for 90 yards all over Kansas State. So, yeah, what a game by Max Duggan. Yeah, Davis, you actually called this game. You said K-State could compete with anybody in the country, and you called it. You actually went 8-2, and two, so you had a good week. You're number one at <laughs> our guest picker. Um, I called it, too. I went with K-State also. Um, I believed in the case. I thought anybody in the country. Um, I thought for a minute that TCU was going to have one of those games, though, where they clawed back at the end, and it was going to be one of those yeah. close wins again for TCU. But, no, K-State held on. They they defeated TCU in one of the biggest games of – it was the biggest game of K-State season. They're now in the Sugar Bowl, and we'll talk about K-State and all the bowl games later on. But um, what a game by Kansas State overall, and they defeated the number three team in the country. Yeah, I don't think that TCU – could have lost any better way, you know, if that makes sense. Like, I think that is – that that loss was just not not near bad enough to kick them out of the playoffs. So, great win by Kansas State, but it was also a great game by TCU, and they could not have lost any better. Yeah, I agree. If it's multiple touchdowns, we might be having a different conversation right now about, you know, maybe possibly Alabama sneaking in there. But Ooh, they, no. def- they definitely held their own to a point where it was like, we can't kick you out. Well, I think it also – I mean, we argued about this all week, the what-ifs, both teams lose, and then it, it actually happened. If TCU was undefe- – and they were. They were undefeated going into the game. Even if they just won loss to K-State, a top-10 opponent, it's going to be hard to kick them all the way to five or six and put a two-loss Bama over them. You can say what you want to about Bama and all that, but TCU was undefeated going in. And if Georgia and Michigan were in, regardless, TCU had to be in that same boat. Agreed. I'm telling you, man, I disagree. I think the committee has a little bit of less respect for TCU than Michigan and Georgia. They're just unproven. Only team in who has never made the playoffs at this point. It's yep. just like – I think if they had gotten dominated in that game, which they didn't, but there was definitely some talk of a two-loss Bama team getting in over them. Because in my eyes right now, the only reason TCU isn't that four is because Ohio State just doesn't want to play Michigan and get in the first round. That's just not what the committee wanted. Um, well, I also, you, I, you can go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. I also think that they have to take into account the strength of schedule. Continue. You you went out for you went out for a minute. You also think what? 
I also think that they have to take into account the strength of schedule, and TCU's strength of schedule is by leaps and bounds better than Ohio State's. Well, I think you also have to look at the fact that, like, let's say you put a Bama team in. Bama's going to have to find a way to jump Ohio State because they're not going to do an SEC versus Big Ten, pretty much SEC Big Ten championships game twice just to play for the national title. So if you put – if you drop TCU down, yes, I think TCU could have dropped to four. But if you go by that theory, Davis, Bama really had no shot of getting in at all. Yeah. What do you mean? But by what? Well, you said that you, the only reason that TCU is not number four right now is because Ohio State doesn't want to play Michigan again. Again. Right. Well, I'm saying if they get blasted, you've got to find a way to put Bama ahead of Ohio State not because you don't want the two okay, ACC yeah. teams. That's fair. Yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying because you didn't you wouldn't want to put Bama at four because that leaves Ohio State at three again. Yeah, because then you just have an SEC versus Big Ten championship. But this time, though, they they already had their four teams, right? Yeah, by the end of the game Friday night, you had your four teams, regardless of what happened to TCU. Yep. In order. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's just what I, I, just, I was saying. That outcome, if the outcome was different as far as, like, TCU getting blasted, then TCU was in regardless. I mean, let's just say they get, like, embarrassed. I mean, like, 42 to nothing. Like, they don't even fight for it. I think they're that. in. I think they're in regardless, man. Yeah, because look how bad Ohio State lost. <laughs> I mean, they had the ball like in Michigan's red zone to make it a one-score game. It's the score was not as bad. As yeah, the tails. Yeah, I was about to say the score. It was just like Georgia, Tennessee. The score did not tell how right. bad the game was. No, I'm telling you, like Ohio State played Michigan closer. Oh no, I disagree. Oh Zeke, bro, they had the ball. Ohio State had the ball in Michigan territory. It was it was a Michigan. It felt like Michigan ran all over them. Tennessee had opportunities to make it a one-score game. They did. And I'm not saying that wasn't a close game either, but that's a different story. I don't know. I I felt like Michigan just dominated, especially the second half. Maybe I'm the lone wolf out, but I think the score is a pretty good estimate of how the game was played. 45-23, to 23, like Ohio State was in it for a while, but then Michigan sort of dominated. I think the score shows – in my eyes, I think it's pretty good of how the game was played. I think two of Michigan's touchdowns had in the last five Another minutes. touchdown or at least another field goal. Well, they played Michigan a little bit closer than what people Well, think. I think, I think you know, maybe I'm just dumb, but it being at Ohio State and them losing like that, I mean, that's, I feel like that's you're at, fair. Yeah. 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 Can't lose in a rivalry game at home like that. Well, the next conference championship we're going to talk about, and we usually don't talk about the group of five teams too much, but Tulane gets revenge. They beat UCF, and now they're headed to the Cotton Bowl, their first big major bowl since 1942. Tulane defeats UCF 45-28. to 28. Just got out to a way better start than UCF. I tuned in for a little bit at the beginning of the game, and you know, at the end of the first quarter, Tulane was up like, a score and some change to nothing. And, you know, the rest of the game was pretty much even. Like I said, it's about how Tulane got off to that fast start. And, I mean, Tulane's quarterback throwing for 400 yards and their running back running for 200 yards. Just an overall (laughs) awesome outstanding outing. (laughs) Sorry, overall awesome offensive outing by Tulane. Dude, I don't know who or what anything was watching this game but let me tell you their starting running back who rushed for 199 yards he's him he is he's he's legit yeah and that's what i was saying like 
Tulane just had a ton of breakout plays, and he he was just that running back special was in control of the game. But they also I mean, Tulane had a receiver who had three receptions for 134 yards. Like Tulane was moving the ball on UCF whenever they wanted to. I think, and like I said, we're going to talk about bowl games later on, but them getting to this Goodyear Cotton Bowl and getting into a New Year Six as a Group of Five team, I know we talk about Troy and the Sun Belt team, but and as they're ranked the the highest Group of Five team, Tulane set in stone that they were the best Group of Five team this year. The next the next championship game we talk about the SEC championship. Georgia puts up half a century. They beat LSU fifty to 30 davis what's your thoughts on that game go dogs it was just <laughs> domination from for 60 minutes i will say though between the block field goal there's three things that stood out to me this game the lack of lsu red zone conversions they got yeah. territory couldn't do couldn't do anything the block field goal that lsu was just a heads-up play by georgia and then the play where it hit it either off it hit off somebody's helmet. It just yeah, it hit off LSU's helmet. Hit Javon Bullard's hands, yeah. and somehow ended up in Smile Mundins. Yeah, there's those two plays, and that one other thing is really just what controlled the game for me. That was the twenty point difference right there. I think. Yeah, so, I think I think that this game, it's 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 insane. Like if you would have told me that LSU was going to walk in, throw for five hundred something yards, and still lose by twenty. I don't even know if I would have believed it as a diehard Georgia fan. 502 total passing yards. Like, their second string guy had more passing yards. And let me tell you, I'm going to give my credit to that guy because when he come out and threw, like, that 70-yard bomb and put him inside the five, I was like, oh, my gosh. We can Who is that guy? He's good. I've I've watched him. They've played him um, quite a few times this year. Like, when Daniels hasn't been able to get the offense rolling, they've put him in, and he's played this year, and he's done. I mean, listen, Brian Kelly said before the game, he said, we've got two really good quarterbacks. Garrett Nussmeyer Davis, he's a true freshman. Oh, yeah. He's from Flower Mound, Texas. Yeah, no, he's, he's Lake legit. Charles, Louisiana. He's legit, but, it, you know, if we're talking about quarterbacks, you cannot deny Stetson Bennett's first half might have been one of the best first halves of college football in history. Stetson, well, we're going to talk about Heisman talk a little bit later, but Stetson Bennett put on a show, and if he can continue to play like that, and I know they're going to vote on the Heisman before he gets to play another game, but Stetson Bennett's made a case, and I know we're going to talk about it later, but this game set in stone. He could go down as one of the greatest walk-on quarterbacks to ever play the game. Well, in my opinion, he's the best quarterback in Georgia history, and like I said, this game alone just – it opens up a lot of conversation about where he ranks in the terms of college football quarterbacks and their uh, their careers. Well, I want to harp on a little bit because Georgia, we knew, was in the playoffs regardless of what happened. But they go in there, they defeat LSU by 20 points in a championship game. They cover the spread. I think the spread was like 17 and a half. 17 and a half. Yeah, so they cover that easily by three or two and a half points. Georgia went in there, dominated LSU. They played their first game of the season in that stadium. They played their last game of the regular, well, I guess, regular season in that stadium. Now they're about to play their first playoff game in that stadium. Is the uh, Mercedes-Benz Dome just home of the Georgia Bulldogs now? Yes. 
I mean, do the Falcons even play there anymore? The dogs have taken over. Yeah. I don't remember the last time Georgia lost a football game in there. Oh, I can tell you as a dog fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember. I can too. Yeah, I just said that to Raleigh all up. But go ahead. <laughs> Many times. I yep. can tell you the last time we lost LSU in that stadium too. Joe Burrow and company. I was there for that one. Don't even know why we thought we had a shot. One, that was probably the best college football team ever assembled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. That was – yeah. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, man, oh, man. But the next championship game we're going to talk about, the next two were just kind of – we knew the winners, really. But the next one is the Big Ten Championship, Purdue and Michigan. And, man, boys, I was getting a little nervous for Michigan yeah. because Purdue was holding with Michigan for a while. But then you look at the score and they just ran away with it. The Michigan loves to do this. They did this with they did this with Rutgers this year. Kind of did it with Ohio State too. They let them hang around for a little while, and they just they show who who Daddy is. Yeah, <laughs> the the first half was definitely, you know, not not Michigan's best outing, but uh, they they came out and just shut it down. But hey, props to the Bullermakers. Their quarterback threw for nearly four hundred yards. I mean, he did throw two picks, and that's what kind of set the game apart. But you know. Hey, eight and five—that's a good season for Purdue. Well, how about this? How about it's thirteen to fourteen at half, right? Michigan only scores fourteen points in the in the first half combined. Then, in the third quarter, Michigan puts up another fourteen and holds Purdue to three, and then another fifteen in the fourth. They were like pretty much Purdue. We're gonna let you think you have a shot, and then when we come out, we're just gonna shut you down. And that's what well, Michigan did. Well, Purdue also threw those two picks in the second half, so. And, yeah, that did hurt them. But you also got to give your credit to Michigan's defense on that side of the ball, too. It's just like, we're going to come out and shut you down, and you're not going to put up any points. Yeah, we'll see what Michigan does in the CFP. Speaking of that, and I know we've already talked about TCU, I've not bought into TCU, and I think they have another runaway type game, just like they did in the Big Tech Championship with TCU. Hmm. Davis, you should be able to talk a good bit about this last championship game we're going to talk about. The ACC championship, the Clemson Tigers and the North Carolina Tar Heels. Clemson takes care of business, takes care of business and wins 39-10. to 10. What an ugly game. Yeah, very, very ugly. I mean, it wasn't even entertaining to watch. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I actually didn't tune into this one. I was watching the Big Ten myself. It was after our uh, basketball game, and uh, there was only one game on that Saturday night. There's two games on at the same time. It was uh, Clemson UNC and the Michigan Purdue game. And I figured that one was more entertaining, to be honest. So I watched the Michigan Purdue, but it's yeah. some flashes of Cade Klubnik just kind of going in there and doing his thing. I think he's the future in Clemson. He well, especially good. since DJ Ukulele, whatever his name is, is transferring. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, he was not. He was not the answer. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, Davis, what about the other side of the ball? Drake May, yeah. a true freshman for North Carolina. I mean. That kid could be the answer for UNC, too. There's some rumors that he is going to go back to where he was formerly committed in high school, the University of Alabama. Ooh. After this year. Ooh. Mm. That would be uh, bad news. I don't think so, though. Would he play there? Yeah. You got got Milrow. He wouldn't – he would not do as well because he's playing an SEC defense. (laughs) He's also playing behind an SEC offensive line and playing with SEC receivers. It doesn't matter. He's playing against an SEC defense. I mean, if he, if he threw two picks to Clemson, he might throw four to Georgia. 
But he's a true freshman playing the biggest game of his life. True, but he's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but he would not be as effective at Alabama. And I don't think Alabama would utilize him as much as North Carolina does. Like, North Carolina is literally just a passing offense. I mean, that's you, it. You see Hendon Hooker transfer from an ACC school, though. From Virginia but, Tech and then come ball out in the SEC. But Tennessee isn't just a passing offense. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is Drake May at North Carolina, his stats are so ramped up because, he, like I said, all they do is freaking throw the ball. But he goes to Alabama, and he's got five-star running backs just built up behind him are going to get touches. I don't think that he gets to show his full potential at Alabama. I think he's a better draft pick at North Carolina. Yeah, all this is purely hypothetical also. like We don't even know if he's transferring yet. but Yeah, for sure. But his stats are always going to look better at a team where, as a quarterback, they just let him throw the ball. I mean, that's why North Carolina averaged so many points this year. I mean, just look at their stats. Look at their stats this game. I mean, they barely had 100 rushing yards. So, Well, boys, y'all were talking about transfers and hypotheticals. There's one thing that's not, not hypothetical. As of yesterday, a thousand players have already entered the transfer portal. There's more that have hit it today. Big names like Jaheim Bell from South Carolina, JT Daniels from West Virginia, um, DJ Ukulele, like like uh, Zeke said. I mean Hudson Card from Texas, Kate what about McNara from uh, Michigan. There's so many big names. Let me let me throw one out there. How about the receiver from Mississippi State, former five star best receiver for the team, and he is set to visit Georgia this weekend. Yes, and I think that Kirby's going to go get a little bit of these guys, but what about the big names? Where are they going to go? Where's Jaheim Bell? He was playing at South Carolina. Where's he going to go? Where's go. DJ going to go? You know, where's these big names like Hudson Card from Texas? These were huge names, and the transfer portal just opened up. I think Jaheim Bell goes Pac-12. Lorenzo Lingard from Florida. I mean, I know we didn't plan on talking about this transfer portal much, but it's just a thousand players in day one. Does the Dion effect have an effect on these guys wanting to go play for him, or is this just no? It's nil money. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of these kids don't even have a spot too. That's another thing. Like they're just entering the transfer portal thinking their high school status is going to carry them. That's just not right. Case. And a lot of it, like I said, is nil money. Like Jaheim Bell is leaving South Carolina because he wasn't getting paid. I I don't I don't you don't want to get me started on nil, but how about Tony Grimes leaving UNC? I mean, there's another big name. He's I mean, a cane. You think so? No, I hope so. <laughs> Davis loves the transfer portal when people go to be a cane. Yeah, I mean, we couldn't do anything with it last year because you know Mario had been a coach for like a solid month, so I'm excited to get back into it this year. Why don't you go get Spencer Sanders while you're at it? Uh, I've seen that guy play. He throws too many interceptions. You gonna I'll, you're gonna I'll, try I'll to get Justin Flo at the same time? I'll rob Van Dyke. You gonna try to get Justin Flo at the same time? No, he's a king too. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> JC. Let's let's is, get off the topic of transfer portal. Hey, before we get off the topic, real quick, is it possible that Jaheim Bell could be a dog, being from Georgia? Jaheim Bell be a dog. If Darnell Washington leaves, maybe, but the tight end room is loaded. Well, Jaheim Bell's a wide out. But no, he is listed as a tight end. The South Carolina utilized him as a wide out, though. He's a tight end slash running back. 
they used him as a wideout. He was their lean receiver, wasn't he? They used him as a wideout. They threw a lot, a lot of play action to him, had him isolated on island. He had 25 catches, 231 yards, and two touchdowns, along with 261 rushing yards. That's it? Yeah. Does he not play every game? No, they use that South the Oklahoma transfer. I, I don't know. I, well, game versus Georgia for sure. <laughs> hey, you want to be a dog? I'll take him. I'll take him too. Yeah. Didn't Kirby's about to win a national championship without a single transfer though? And I think there's something to be said about that. One hundred percent. Yeah. Y'all saw what I reposted on the Instagram story. <laughs> he lost. He lost a bunch. But he never went and got one. And I think, like you just said, I think that says a lot. But the next thing that we would schedule to talk about was not the transfer portal. The award that's given out December 10th, the finalists have been announced, is supposed to go to the greatest player in college football for that year. But this year it's four quarterbacks, the Heisman Trophy. Davis, start us off. I'm going to let you guys start this one off. Okay. I hear you. want me to start it? I will deflect. You want me to start it? All right. Stetson let me just say it. this before we start. Davis just thinks that Caleb Williams is the best player in college football. Mm. My problem with Caleb Williams is he doesn't play a defense and he already thinks he's the Heisman. <laughs> <laughs> he posed on the field. I, I think it should be a rule. If you pose, if you do the Heisman pose on the field, you shouldn't get it. He's automatic you know, he, no Heisman. Yeah. He <laughs> okay, gave himself. That's, if, that's if we make that rule, got, then Lamar Jackson doesn't get it. That's why he got manhandled by Utah twice. I mean, he put up 45 against Utah. I don't know which, much more you want the man to do. He got beat by him twice. Yeah, yeah he okay, got beat by him fair. twice. Okay. Yeah. Twice. Twice. Bennett, not, not, once. not once, twice. <laughs> yeah, Stetson Bennett went undefeated and the two other quarterbacks only lost one game. One was okay. in the championship game. Okay, let's be fair, though. Let's be fair. Stead is about – let's. Stead's about the third or fourth best player – most valuable player in that offense right now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he is because he's playing with a whole bunch of five stars and Caleb Williams. No, are you talking about? Or did you say Stetson Bennett is like the third most valuable to his team or to the country? Like, what are you saying? Third or fourth most most valuable on Georgia's offensive side of the football. Well, no, the boys, the quarterback the, is no, the most valuable. Yeah, he's the most valuable. The boys that are more valuable than him in quotation can't get the ball without him. Let me just. Okay, let me rephrase that. Third or fourth, as good as his, as good at his job, right? Well, Brock Bowers, if you're looking at that, is Bowers and Darnell country. are both better at their jobs. That's better than anybody know. in the country. Yes, <clears throat> they are. But Bennett, but I mean the Heisman, Kenny McIntosh is better at his job. The Heisman historically goes to quarterbacks, and Correct. Stetson is the most valuable quarterback. In college football, to me, and I think if USC has Stetson Bennett under, under center, they go six and six. Mm. No, mm. okay. Look, at, I'm just going to throw out some stats for anybody that's okay. Can we, can we do that? Go yeah, ahead, go for it. Okay, so in compare, and this is all in comparison to the other candidates. Georgia has played five teams who finished the season in the AP Top 25, right? Five teams. Georgia was undefeated against – I mean, obviously they're undefeated. So they won all five of those games. They were the SEC champs. Stetson Bennett has the second most yards out of all those people against AP Top 25 teams. 
He has tied for the most touchdowns, and he's got the highest quarterback rating. And like I said, he's undefeated against AP top 25 teams. So, and the only person that has more yards than him during this is Caleb Williams, and he has like 80 more yards. You know who he reminds me of? 2020 Mac Jones. He has the same numbers. Those numbers are probably identical to Mac Jones's were. But guess who won the Heisman on that in that year? Who? His wide receiver, Devontae Smith. So what I'm saying is you could have any other guy under center at Georgia, and they're they're probably gonna go twelve and 0. Like let's be not real. true. Not not true. true. Carson oh, Beck is not wrong. going twelve and 0. You guys are wrong. No, those guys play for Stetson. Be for real. What? Stetson, they, Stetson. They don't play for Stetson. JT couldn't do themselves. it. Jay could, JT oh my couldn't do God. it last year. Yeah. Why didn't JT do it then? Dude, those guys JT didn't play Stetson last year. and play for him. You think there's a difference. You think if JT was better than Stetson, you'd play, right? Right. I didn't I didn't say JT was better than Stetson. Though. I think JT is one of the worst quarterbacks in the Power 5 now. All right. Well, if anybody else in the under center could go 12-0, then why didn't JT do it? Because JT didn't get a full year, right? Like JT, JT only he had like a year games. before. All right, why didn't Justin Fields do it over Jake Fromm? Why didn't Jacob Beeson do it over Jake Fromm? You could do that for everybody. Because they never got the chance to start. They didn't wait five years on the bench like Stetson did. Dude, none of those guys literally just sit down and analyze Stetson's game. He is one of the best quarterbacks on his feet in the country. I agree. I think I Caleb do. Williams is just as good and not better though. Like. You guys are really you guys are comparing he, apples to oranges here. All right, and then you look at the stats, and you're like, oh, my gosh, Stetsons are better, so let's give it a Stetson. Exactly, exactly. You said Again, there's, no, there's no feed stats in those, in those at all. There's no running stats at all. I know, but you're saying if you think Caleb Williams is just as good, if not better, go, okay, Stet- well, let's go look at the numbers, and Stetson's Stetson are Bennett, Stetson Bennett has more rushing yards than Caleb Williams against AP top 25 teams. It's because he's played more top twenty-five teams, right? Um, they One both more. played five. They oh. both played five. Wow, interesting, interesting statistic. Yeah, and but, Stetson Bennett's completion rate is higher than every other one's. Okay, let me just leave you guys with this though: if you watch a Georgia game and you look at Stetson, like he's literally flat-footed. Like he has all the time in the world, ninety percent of the time. Uh, so you must not have watched the SEC championship game, yeah, or the Tennessee game. Yeah. Oh my god. I was there. Like he has all the time in the world. All the time. The first touchdown was him rushing for a touchdown. Dude. Right. Look, they're design runs. They're that no, was not designed. Like, that was no, not a design run. No. Listen, at the end of the day, Stetson is playing SEC defenses and Caleb Williams is playing Pac twelve defenses. End of conversation. But you factor he's also playing behind a Pac twelve offensive line that went four and eight last year. It doesn't if a Pac twelve defense and an SEC defense can't even can't even compare the two. Like, what about, about Pac twelve offensive line and the SEC offensive line? If you're saying that, then you also have to say the other thing. What do you mean? The, you can have a terrible offensive line and they'll be all right because the defenses suck. <laughs> Davis, let me put it this way: Caleb Williams would not do what what Stetson Bennett did this year in an SEC school. No, and we saw we literally saw that with Spencer Radler. Spencer wasn't a Heisman contender, though. 
Yes, he was. I mean, preseason he was, but like he wasn't. He wasn't in New York at any. Point. His stats. His stats were just about the same as Caleb's, though. I don't think that's right. We need to go look at I, that one. I think it is. Rattler had over three thousand yards last year. Spencer Rattler. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Did he get a I'm spot? Wrong. He got a spot took in the middle of the year. There's no way he had three K. Maybe I'm wrong. He had his first. His first year he started. He did. 2021. Would it be 2020? 2020. I don't think he started 2020, right? Or did he? There was I one heard. year. I, th- I thought he played a full year. I thought he did too. Maybe. Well, I'm about to look. Hold on. Well, how about this? While, while you're looking, I'm going to pause on the argument we're talking about. And how about the, the last year Heisman Trophy See, winner? You're right. He had yeah. 3,000 yards twenty as a redshirt freshman at Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay. And then he goes to the SEC and can't do any. Okay, but then he had a gap year in the Big 12 and crapped the bed. So coaches got film on him, and they were like, all right. I, well, I don't just, you think they'd get film on him in the middle of the year and stop him from throwing 3,000 yards? I mean, I'm just saying they figured him out at some point. I don't know, man. I just think Stetson has a strong case, and I'm not a betting man in the first place. But I definitely wouldn't bet money on it because I don't know who's going to win. But I think Stetson has a strong case to be the and I think, winner. I think you guys just need to take your Georgia goggles off for just a second, like and just <laughs> and just think. I, I'm trying. Like here, well, do you want me? I mean, this is something that you un, that you cannot deny. Stetson Bennett has a better career than Caleb Williams. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if you <laughs> played college football for eight years. But he's really only played for three. Yeah, uh, that was an exaggeration. But two and a half. Yeah, that's that's a good player. That's a really really good player. He's probably one of he, the best Georgia QBs to ever come through there. He is the best Georgia quarterback to ever come through. Whoa, Stafford, number one overall. He's team? better. He's better. <sighs> you you cannot you cannot go against stats, and that's why Stetson Bennett is the Heisman. So LeBron's to go. Is that what I'm what? hearing? Am I hearing LeBron's the goat? No, because he doesn't have the stats. <laughs> Next time, yes. look at he the does. rings. Look at the rings. That's not a stat. Look at the. That is a stat. That's not a that stat. Is a stat. That's, that's, that is that's an accolade. The, look at the career wins. Again, team that's accolade. a stat. That is a very. That is a stat. Wait. Championships is a stat. Career records is a stat. We might as well just give it to Bill Russell then. Oh, look, y'all boys are getting off on the wrong topic. We're talking about the you Heisman can't. Trophy here. But going back to the Heisman Trophy, and Davis, you said take my Georgia glasses off. So I am. I think if I'm a Heisman voter, Stetson is my number one pick. Max Duggan's number two. Yep. Okay. Because of how he leads his team. Yep. They, they If you look, the Heisman Trophy is not awarded – to the best stats. That is what they say. Awarding to the most outstanding player in college football. Winners optimize a great ability combined with diligence, perseverance, and hard work. Nowhere yes. does it say that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's a better hard work. Hold up. Pause. Quotation. Both y'all, keep going. Both of y'all pause for just a second. The last part, JC. And perseverance. That's Max. And Duggan. perseverance. Stetson Bennett just got the award. Yeah. That sounds like the, Stetson to me. Stetson Bennett just got the award for the most outstanding college football player to start his career as a walk-on. Literally, 
is there a better definition of perseverance and hard work? I think you have one just as good in Caleb Williams taking a four and eighteen and making him eleven and two. Maybe oh I'm wrong. My. Don't you have uh, just one just as good Max Duggan taking TCU to the playoffs and undefeated ever? First time ever? Right, yeah. Don't you have all. just as good with Stetson Bennett who lost fourteen players to the draft, lost thirteen others to a transfer portal? Oh no, poor Stet. He has to throw to four, 45 stars instead of fifty now. You guys are um, acting like he's just putting the team on his back. Like he doesn't have six, seven animals everywhere. He he literally put the team on his back against Missouri this year. I mean, he, <laughs> he had to put the team stupid games. The, I thought y'all ran the ball down Missouri's throat. I could be wrong there. No. All right. Not in the second if half. Stetson, if Detson wouldn't have put us up on that last drive that he did, we would have had to start calling timeouts and we would have been – Missouri would have had their foot on our throat. But instead yep. – Stetson leads us down the field and scores a touchdown. Yep. In the times we've needed him most, Stetson Bennett has stepped up and took over the team. He is standing. So the Heisman Trophy literally is an annual award given to the outstanding college football player. Not the flashy college football player, you know, Caleb Williams, throw for a bunch of yards and pose like a Heisman in the end zone. Outstanding. And outstanding to me, is going undefeated and playing against the best schedule. I'm looking back at former winners and nominees. Don't you think it's time we stop nominating Ohio State players? C.J. Stroud, the past two years, just nominees. And then, if you go back and you keep going back, you go to 2019, Justin Fields, just a nominee, and Chase Young, just a nominee. Um, Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins, just a nominee. Don't you think it's time we stop? Nominating Ohio State teams and players yeah, until they until they start playing a decent schedule. Yeah. So I, my I vote would the be players can help that. I don't think that's it, their fault. My vote would be Stetson Bennett, Max Duggan, Caleb Williams, C.J. Stroud. Agreed. Yeah, agree. I mean, disagree, but agree on Stroud being last. So what do you disagree, Caleb Williams, Stetson Bennett, Max Duggan? I mean, I love Max, but yeah, you probably got to put him at three. No. Mm. No, Davis. I'm just saying, man. TCU like, has never been in the college football playoff before. Yeah, big tw- I mean, Big 12 defenses are even worse than Pac-12 defenses. Oh. Oh. Like, oh, you know what? Historically, they're terrible. Historically, this year, no. Absolutely not. Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I think, having a bad off- I think Caleb Williams' offensive line being bad is not utilized enough. Like, he's running for his life on every play. Well, you keep saying that's not the player's fault. That's not the player's fault. He didn't just get to pick his offensive line as bad. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, you put – Stetson doesn't – he didn't get to pick that his offensive line is good. He's the only player in college football who could have those numbers behind that offensive line. In the Pac-12. I mean, in the Pac-12, I'm sure a bunch of quarterbacks could. (laughs) Once again – Neither t- neither Stetson nor Caleb Williams get to pick how good or how bad their offensive line is, and neither do get to pick what kind of conference they play in unless they hit the transfer portal. I'm just saying Caleb Williams was not a nominee when he was in the Big 12. He only played half the season. But if he's the best player in college football, then why doesn't he just, you know, if he's that good, don't you think he'd be thought of, taught, talked about? Talked about what do you mean? Like he is, you're talking about he is the greatest football, greatest player in college football right now. Yes. No, he's so, got 
No. We were talking about Stetson Bennett last year. We weren't talking about Caleb Williams. Right, because Caleb Williams was behind Rattler. And no, I and just, that should that should say something. Yeah, exactly. Well, Stet was behind JT Daniels last year, so. And guess who took the job? For guess who took the job games. last year? It's the two same games. thing. But Three it's games. a totally different thing. The conferences are totally different. So you're saying that no one should ever win the Heisman in the Pac-12 just because they're no. in the Pac-12. I'm saying not when you have a Stetson this year. Let's look at the year Marcus Mariota, the last Heis, the last Heisman winner from the Pac-12. Let's see who the candidates were that year. All right, let's pull it up. Now, if you're going to do that, you should also, you know, look at the conferences and how good the conferences were as well. Of course. Okay. The four nominees were okay. There's only four that go, right? Yeah. Yes. So there's, there's ten voting results though. Okay. So the top four, I think, go. Okay. Yeah. So it's Mariota, it's Melvin Gordon, Amari Cooper, and Trayvon Boykin, who is the quarterback at TCU. So yeah, not another. All right, one more time. One more time. Marcus Mariota, Melvin Gordon, who's running back, Wisconsin. Yeah. Amari Cooper, receiver, Bama, and then Trayvon no. Boykin. Quarterback TCU. So it went Marcus Mariota, Melvin Gordon, and Amari Cooper. And then Trayvon Boykin. What a class. What a class. Really good class. Yes. And then they didn't just say, oh, well, Amari has to go against SEC DBs, and he has the best receiver numbers in the country, therefore, Heisman. That year, Marcus Mariota took Oregon to the playoffs. Okay. But wasn't here, and you know, this is something I'd be interested in looking at too. How bad defensively was the Pac 12 that year? And I know I keep harping on that, but literally, Pac 12 defense, even the ranked teams in the Pac 12, like you know, UCLA and Oregon, they're up 40 something points. Like, this is a historically bad defense, like, conference wise. It's historically bad. They are giving up astronomical numbers to each other. I totally SEC, agree. Yeah, I don't think the SEC wrong. has never done. I don't think you're wrong there, but I don't think the Heisman voters are going to be like are going to take that into any consideration at all. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, Guys, no. And I, honest, if we're being honest, the Heisman voters are people just like me and you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like Heisman like particularly like oh, you watch football every day and you're a football analyst like they're just random. They they watch football, but they're just like random people. Like they're not gonna dig really, really deep into this. Wait, they don't have like a committee, like the cultural they, playoffs. They do, but I'm saying they're just like. Well, and that's why, and that's why I say is what I'm trying to say. That's that's what I'm saying is that Caleb Williams will win the Heisman, but I'm making my case for why Stetson should be the Heisman winner. I think if you ask 90 percent of non-Georgia fans. They're not going to give you an answer that says Stetson Bennett because they don't. That's why he's going to win. Yeah, because that's why. That's why Caleb like, is going to win. Don't you guys think that's a that might be a little biased? Like bias might be affecting your perspective a little bit. No, it's not bias. It's people who actually watch Stetson Bennett and understand what he's done for the Georgia team, not outsiders looking in. You don't think people have been watching the number one team in the country? I don't think they truly analyze what Stetson Bennett has done. There are people who watch Georgia who just watch the scores and then 
the I mean, people like me and JC are people who have watched Stetson over the years. Yeah, seen like what down he's done. Okay. Look what he's doing this year. And then look, these these outsiders looking in, they are literally just going to look at Caleb Williams and say, "Oh my God, he's got a thousand touchdowns and four thousand yards, and Stetson doesn't have this many." Okay, he's my Heisman. Yeah, I think Stetson's a great story, and like we should all aspire to be a little bit like Stetson. Like he was told no a thousand times, like clawed and fought his way back to get the starting job and is about to lead Georgia to a second consecutive natty. It's like it's, it's like and the, there, that's what that's all that's all you need to know right there. It's <laughs> it's the Rudy story times ten. But like this year, under the circumstances they were given, I think Caleb Williams played a little bit better. That's just me though. Here's the thing. The voters include eight hundred and seventy media members, all living Heisman winners and a collective fan vote fan vote. I think Stephen won the fan vote, right? Yeah he did. And I think, I think he's getting RG3's Heisman winner vote, too. Yep. Dude, there's a shot that Stetson Bennett wins this thing. And I don't can't think, be. I don't Davis, think it's biased. Davis, Stetson you can't Bennett be upset. Win. You can't be upset if he wins. His stats against the best teams in the country literally speak for themselves. Of course, yeah. He's my number two. Yeah, and it's close. It's not like it's like he's running. Caleb Williams just ran away with it. Like It's close. I just think – to back up my personal claims, if I'm going to be of like, and obviously I'm not a voter, but like just me voting with you guys, like I'm a stats guy. I'm a numbers guy. I dig in and I try to learn more about stuff. And by doing so, Stetson Bennett has my clear vote. Davis, you're on the outside looking in. You've already said you think it may be a little biased. Do you really think it's biased? Um, no, I'm just thinking that might be part of it. Like you're, if you're on the fence about it, you're more likely to pick the Georgia player. And that's just how it is. Like I'd be the same way. But I don't even know if I'm on the fence. I'm not on the. Right. Exactly. Like you're not, you're not even considering the opposition, which makes me think it might be a little, little biased. I have considered the opposition until I dug in and look at stats and figure it out for myself. (laughs) I'm looking. I'm looking at the same stats you guys are looking at, and my take from it is just different. So that's where we disagree. I, I, I mean, at this point, I don't think one person is going to change the other person's mind. I agree. And I do want to restate. I think Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman. Like I said, I'm not a betting man to start off, but if I did bet, I wouldn't be betting on Stetson Bennett to win this thing. Stetson Bennett may even finish last in voting. But I'm just saying, I'm making a case alongside of Zeke. Stetson Bennett, has the case and has a chance to be the winner of this Heisman Trophy. So, so don't be surprised if he does. Are just unaware of everything you've been saying. You think they just don't know? They just don't know how good he is. I don't think they appreciate. I don't think they appreciate how how good and what Stetson's done this year because of his story and because of the players he has around him. They don't appreciate what he's done. Legit question: Does the story like does it factor into kind of like? Baker I think. It, I think if anything, I think the Stetson story kind of hinders him a little bit i do yeah i think so too i think that they're saying he's already got so much on his story he doesn't need this Heisman trophy no or i'm thinking they say uh he was a walk-on he wasn't that good a couple years ago what makes you think he transforms into all of a sudden this Heisman or whatever well they can't use that story because baker mayfield was a walk-on yeah i mean it was good though kyler murray was too wasn't he no 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 that kid was a fuck well he might have been an ou like, you know, but did it? But did it really take Baker Mayfield as long to get going as it did Stetson? Like literally, just last year, 
before the championship game, people were talking about how Stetson still is not a starting quarterback. <laughs> Shoot, there's still people to this day that wouldn't have Stetson been their starting quarterback. Yeah. Which brings me to my next point. Who at who in their right mind at USC is being like, yeah, he's not the guy? Well, Davis, USC's been so bad for so long. Seeing a someone decent player, is they're like, oh, my gosh, this guy's the truth. Another yeah. thing. They're, they've been so bad for so long, and all of a sudden they're 11-2. and two, And you're telling me like he has he has nothing to do with that? Georgia ain't won a national championship in 40 years, and you're telling me Stetson Bennett ain't had nothing to do with that? They, they just needed He's about to, get, to take him to back-to-back? They just needed one big-time player to get him over the hump, and they got him. Stetson Bennett. Yeah. Stetson Bennett. Just because he's a big-time player. Just because he's, he's a big-time player doesn't mean he's the best player in America. All right. Well, just because he brought USC back doesn't mean he's the best player in America. I think that's exactly what it means. <laughs> no. What? Okay, no. okay, going from eleven and one to natty is significantly less far than going from four and eight to eleven and two. Uh, I think forty years drought is significantly better. Yeah, than what Caleb Williams has done. Yeah, look, Williams has to make it out of the Pac-12. Stetson Bennett has to make it out of the SEC. Big deal. Uh, there is a whole lot more pressure when you're in the semifinal game, realizing you're about to go to the national championship game and play for your first national title in 40 years, there's a whole lot more pressure to go win that game than there is to win the Pac-12. 100% agree. I don't I don't know why you guys are bringing the 2021 Natty into this conversation, though. Because it's part of his story. It's part of the Stetson, what Stetson has done. I mean, overall, Stetson Bennett, his case and his stats are better than Caleb Williams. Stetson gets my – you were just trying to say take the Georgia glasses off, and I was trying to, but I just – I don't know what's going to put Stet, Caleb – you couldn't tell me one thing that puts Caleb Williams over the top of Stetson Bennett. Okay, when have we ever, as a college football world, just been like, okay, this guy has the most passing yards, let's give it to him. Like, when have we ever done that? Which is why Stetson Bennett better. Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't – Wait, they have he has more yards than Williams, right? No, he has more yards against AP top twenty five teams. Oh, then it's a wrap. If Williams hey, if Williams has better like overall stats, it's a wrap. I don't even think they look at the chart I sent you guys. Let me let me see if I can find the stat. I found it I saw it on Twitter. Stetson Bennett has like three thousand something yards just in the first three quarters of games. Exactly. And only has two hundred something or three hundred something in the I fourth quarter. That one's absurd. But if Stetson Bennett plays the in the thing. fourth quarter. If Stetson Bennett plays in the fourth quarter of all these games, it is a runaway. 100%. I, I agree, yeah. Stetson Bennett has over 4,000 yards if he plays in the fourth quarter. 100% like, agree. All right, so why wouldn't you give him the trophy then? Because he didn't play in the fourth quarter. He doesn't – oh, my God. So you're punishing Stetson Bennett for not playing in the fourth quarter? You're punishing you? Georgia for being good. No, yeah. I'm punishing Stetson for Georgia being too good. That's literally what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No, gosh. what he's so no, essentially what he's doing is he's punishing Stetson for Georgia's defense being so good where Stetson doesn't have to really order. But let's stats. reward let's reward Caleb Williams who plays against terrible defenses and he just has to get in offensive shootouts. That's who the Heisman goes to every year. Every year that's who it goes to. It's that guy, not the Stetson guy. It's every year. No, no. Lamar, Baker, Tyler, Burrow, Devontae Smith. Really? 
It's one anomaly. And then you got two. One last year. Oh, Stetson Bennett's your one anomaly then. Yep. yep. There we go. Okay, the best receiving numbers in SEC history and Stetson Bennett are not the same. I'm sorry. Stetson Bennett being putting up some of the best numbers in Georgia history. Going like undefeated SEC champs. Beating five AP top 25 teams. Okay, let me be honest. Maybe I'm harping on this too long because if Stetson gets his Heisman, number 13 is never war again at the University of Georgia. I like that. Never. Just he six, has that all. Six months ago, you were like, yeah, I don't know if I have a whole lot of faith in him. Like after the Natty, I heard Georgia fans. I don't know if it was you, but there yeah, were not us. <laughs> well, all right, you may be honest. At yeah. halftime of the national championship game, when it was six to nine, I told I looked at my dad and I was like, "We may need to bench him because I was he, he wasn't doing much." He came out and put on a show that second half, and I said, "He's all him. faith is in Stetson Bennett. He did it. He won it. He made do what you wanted to." But I did say, I did say in the off season, if I was Stetson Bennett, I would not have came back. I would have left on the high note. Stetson came back and he has put on a show, and has a chance to go back to back. Stetson has proved a lot of his haters wrong, and I was one of them at halftime of the national championship game. Yeah, I've never been. I, even when Stetson was fighting for a spot two and a half years ago, I still thought Stetson was the man. And yeah, there's not a lot of people that can say that. So. I vividly remember going to the Georgia South Carolina game in 2021, and they threw Stetson in there at one point. I think it was pretty early in the game. It was like second quarter. The guy behind me yells, "Why the f is he in there?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I like, know there's so many, there's like, so there's... many George fans that I've hated on him, and you know what? You know what I have to say to them, and I hope they listen to this podcast. You aren't a real Georgia fan because Stetson Bennett stands for everything that the University of Georgia and the football program and Kirby Smart stands for. And if you can't support that, and you want to support a guy who can't even start at West Virginia, go ahead. Well, boys, we can't argue about this all night. But Davis, doesn't that help your story? That I help your argument of the fact that nobody believed in this kid, and then he turned around in what a year? Oh man, I think, Heisman... yeah, I think Stetson is probably the best college football story of all time. Like when it's all said and done, like better than Rudy, better than you know. They throw the field. story out the window though. Better than Tim like this Tebow. kid came out of nowhere, won a national title, is now as a Heisman contention can candidate. He's a finalist, like. What else do you need to just say, look, I don't know, so let's just check his name. Look, last year, Bryce Young goes undefeated regular season, wins the SEC. He gets the Heisman. Why can't we do it again this year? Because we haven't seen one place for the University of Alabama. No, that's true. That's true. (laughs) That's another thing. Yeah. There you go. One one wears maroon and one wears Georgia red. Yep. There you have it. Just the complete overhaul. Of Southern Couch football program gives Caleb Williams a little bit of edge. That's just me, though. Does the history of USC kind of have the effect that Alabama has? Um, I don't think they ride USC as hard as they ride Alabama. Uh, then, mm. uh, hey, I mean, if these teams have the history and their tradition to go along with it, they're going to ride that team until they can't ride that train no more. Oh, the media hates Miami. I don't know if you know this. I mean, Miami's yeah. just as good, if not better, than a program in Southern Cal. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Miami hiring. Well, but a when has Miami Georgia been coach. like? <laughs> yeah. When's Miami been at the top to be hated? You know what I'm saying? Like they were, they recently. were good. Like the last time they were good was the early 2000s. Like so, pretty much like when we came in the world is when they stopped being good. 
<laughs> so there's been no reason for the media to really hate them. Right. But exactly. Uh, same thing for Southern Cal. Last time Southern Cal won a championship was 2004. But they don't hate them. They're back. Caleb Williams is back in the top. Lincoln Riley. So they're going to ride that train. They're going to hop back on it and say, uh-oh, USC is back. Just like Texas was, you know, air quotes, back. They're going to ride that train. Look, in in the conversation, Caleb will probably win Heisman. And not saying that he's not deserving to be a candidate because he had an, an outstanding season. But my vote goes to Stetson this year. I agree. End of, con- uh, end of conversation. Stetson has my vote. I'm a betting man. Caleb Williams gets announced Heisman winner. But one thing I want to mention before we get to our clown moment. Bryce Young was the Heisman winner last year. Bryce Young did not make an all-SEC team this season. Really? Wow. It was was Hooker. Hendon Hooker and Stetson Bennett. Wait, there's just two teams? Yes. Yeah. Huh. And wow. for the first time, let me see if I can find it. It may have just been first team. But for the first time, Nick Saban didn't have – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to find it. He did not have a skill player on the all-SEC team. Let's see if it was just first team, though. If I, let's see if I, here it is. For the first time since 2013 and only the second time in Nick Saban era, Alabama did not have a single skill position player that's a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, or tight end named all SEC first team. That's God, it's like, it's like Nick Saban. It's like Nick Saban this year got all his Easter eggs taken out of his basket. Boys, I'm just saying. Is is the Alabama train falling off the tracks? I think that is just an impressive statistic. I mean, think about that. Just wrap your head around that for a minute. You have a skill player that is the best in the country for 10 years in a row. That is absurd. That is ridiculous. Yep. That's, I think that's just just a testament to the dynasty he built, I think. I don't think that has anything to do with Bama coming off the rails. They got the number one class in the country coming in this year. They'll be fine. Uh, They won't have it after signing day in January, whatever. I mean, they'll have top two, which is all that matters, really. Yeah, but they won't. I mean, look what they – they had, what, number three last year? Number yeah. two? Something like yeah. that. They're, they're top three every year. And then couldn't do anything really this year, so. They did have an offensive lineman on there, and they had two linebackers and two DBs on there. That's first team. Wow. But, I mean, the quarterback went to Hendon Hooker. Um, the wide receiver went to Jalen Hyatt. Tight end went to Brock Bowers. Explain that to me. How does Hendon Hooker get first team all SEC, but Stetson's in New York? Because they look at Hooker and they say he got hurt and they take him out. It's rigged. I know. Hooker should be a Heisman candidate, in my opinion. But that's what they look at. So you would have, you would rather have Caleb? No, I'd rather, rather I'd rather have Hendon Hooker over CJ Stroud. Yes. Yeah. Yo. Hello. Hendon Hooker over CJ Stroud. Yo, there you can hear you. And I think did we lose Davis? Just like we lost Davis there, but um, we were kind of rounding out our episode anyway. We're trying to make these a little bit shorter. We're gonna record. Yeah. We got. Go ahead. Um, I'm sorry. We just got side.
work. So we apologize, but we hope you guys formulate an opinion and reach out to us with your arguments. Yes, indeed. Um, We're going to record another episode coming up at the end of this week. We're going to talk about the CFP rankings, talk about the top four, um, talk about all the bowl games coming off. Um, Davis actually just texted me. He said, did y'all just kick me off the podcast for voting Caleb? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But no, we didn't kick him off. Um, We're just kind of rounding out this episode. Two new episodes should be coming out by the end of this week. Um, The CFP, like I just said, we're talking about basketball. We're getting in full swing. Basketball is going to start having its full episodes. But as we always do, we're rounding out this episode with a clown moment. Zeke, you want to go first? Yeah, sure, I will. So, you know, speaking of basketball, you know me. I'm super excited because we're going to be producing our first strictly basketball podcast as we're getting into March Madness and then the NBA season is underway and forming formulating pretty quickly. So I, I think it's only right if my clown moment comes from association. So if anybody watches, they watch the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? The most dominant player in the league, but he takes, I don't know if you guys know, but there's a 10-second violation when you shoot free throws. You cannot take longer to shoot a free throw. Well, Giannis is known for taking longer than 10 seconds, and refs do not call it. So this is Bucks versus Lakers, and Russell Westbrook, is yelling so loud that you can hear it through the TV. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, dribbling and shooting his foul shots. <laughs> well, my question is, how high did he get? Did he get to nine and a half? He got to nine and a half, and Giannis, you could tell he rushed the shot, and he ended up missing it. Oh, wow. If yep. and, and for the ones listening, I know y'all will listen to – you will get to choose if you listen to the basketball one strictly or not, but – Giannis usually takes near all 10 seconds at the free throw line. Yeah, I mean, he, like, he usually takes about 12, around 12 seconds. When so, he's at the free throw line, it's about a 25 seconds combined for both free throws. Yeah. And Russell Westbrook is sitting there and counting out. <laughs> <laughs> well, my climb moment staying in the college football world, um, I'm, I think Lane Kiffin and Kirby Smart worked together at Alabama. I may be mistaken. That may be two different times, but I think Lane Kiffin and Kirby Smart work together at Alabama. Lane Kiffin runs into Kirby Smart. I'm not sure where, but they take a selfie and Lane posts it on Twitter. Lane Kiffin says, making sure if he has any openings to keep me in mind. Laughing emoji back to back at Georgia football. And if you've, we've talked about Lane Kiffin at all, we've talked about him all year and the things that he makes. He is like a Mike Leach part two. He said, he even commented on his own tweet, and he said, he said he appreciated the committee a lot at Kirby Smart UGA. So I'm not sure who he was responding to there, but sometimes Lane Kiffin is just talking and tries to be funny, and he's hilarious. Yeah, he he flirts around with a bunch of scenarios in schools, but, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to Lane Kiffin being the UGA offensive coordinator. Um, I wouldn't either. If he wants to come wear the red and black, uh, he, he is more than welcome to, but um, I'm I'm pretty good with Todd Munkin right now. Yep. Well, we've climbed, we've we've went through, we've talked about the championship games we didn't get to talk about. Um, we've talked about the Heisman. We argued about the Heisman. We've got our clown moment in. Zeke, any closing statements um, before we uh, get out of here? 
Nope, just uh, excited for March Madness and NBA talk. And if there's any other basketball fans or, you know, anybody that's just interested in basketball, I promise I will be making sure we get some in-depth conversation about it. And it's uh, it's getting that time of the year. And now just because we'll be starting basketball does not mean we're going to fall off from college football. We'll still be following the transfer portal, coaching moves, um, signing days and stuff like that. So, Definitely stay tuned. We are going to make plenty of episodes that, um, you know, different types of listeners can all enjoy. Yes, I, I'm going to bounce off of that. We're trying to shorten our episodes to maybe an hour, an hour and a half, because um, I know sometimes it's kind of hard to listen strictly for an hour and a half. So we're trying to cut it down just a little bit. Um, stay, stick with us. We were we had to do it virtually tonight. Um I know some nights it may sound a little bit better when we get to actually use our equipment, um, but stick with us. Christmas break coming up. We're getting uh, finals out the way. That's why this one's so kind of long, longer and had to wait a little bit for it to come out. Follow us on Instagram at Let's Argue Podcast or just hop in Let's Argue Podcast. We should pop up. Um, we do have a bowl pick going on. Um, so if you want to join that, DM us on Instagram or DM me or Zeke directly. Um we're trying to get as many people in there. We got the information for you. Just DM us or text us. We'll get you in there. Um, stick with us. Like Zeke said, we're getting more and more broad. So um, thank you for listening. And like, once again, we thank our sponsor, HHWR Builders. And until we get the next episode out, of, uh, episode out so long and we'll be back. Yay!